This is Jeff Cobra, and we welcome you to another Disney at Work podcast. One of the most timeless classics at Disneyland is Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. It is one of the only attractions within the parks that carries Walt's personal name. And yet, as venerable as this attraction is, it actually offers many insights to change management. One might not think of change and the Tiki Room in the same sentence, but alas, there is quite a lot in terms of change to consider. We look not only at those changes, but what we can learn about the phases of change and how they relate to you, your own life, and to your own organization. Change happens everywhere, and that includes in your workplace, your home, wherever you live. Understanding that change helps us to better embrace the future, even if the Enchanted Tiki Room seems like the most unfuturistic of all. Even before it premiered, the concept behind the Enchanted Tiki Room kept changing, it evolved. Recall that the original concept was to have a sort of trifecta dining offering with a themed dining slash bird show, which would be sandwiched between the Plaza Pavilion at Disneyland and the Tahitian Terrace uh, Luau show, both of which, by the way, are gone now. Perhaps the only reason this show survived is actually because they moved the dining option out of the experience. And yet, its tiki aesthetic would eventually give birth to other restaurants like Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar at the Disneyland Hotel and Trader Sam's Grog Grotto and Tiki Bar at Disney's Polynesian Resort. And let's not forget that while dining may never have occurred at this attraction, this experience, because of its multiple sponsors, including U-Dole, would lead to the infamous Dole Whip, a concoction that is, for whatever reason, perhaps more popular than the Enchanted Tiki Room itself. So again, let's, um, let's look at change because change has been happening since the beginning. When Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room opened at Disneyland, it represented an advancement unique to anything ever quite imagined. Kids were already familiar with the idea that their future would be filled with robots like on Lost in Space or the Jetsons, but no one probably thought that the first consistent application before a mass market would be a robot in the form of a bird, much less a flower or a tiki idol. But that's what occurred in 1963, and as we say, the rest is history. From that moment, we would come to see a menagerie of audio-animatronic creatures in the form of singing bears, swashbuckling pirates, ghoulish dolls, or <laughs> ghoulish ghosts, singing dolls, um, monstrous dinosaurs, and even tall singing shamans. The effect was amazing. Audiences over the years have always been amazed with how did they do that? kind of admiration. Well, Walt Disney and his team did it with a lot of wire, 
hydraulic cylinders and some analog um, uh, systems in place. Uh, but he mostly did it with creativity, open-mindedness, and a determined sense not to just repeat himself. He himself would acknowledge, quote, it's just another dimension in the animation we have been doing all our life, end of quote. That new dimension came from a lifetime of continually trying new projects and new approaches to the work he did. Of Disneyland itself, he spoke of it as never being completed. What he was really talking about was change. He believed that change was essential to staying successful and vibrant. On Disneyland's 10th anniversary, he noted, quote, I just want to leave you with one thought, that it's just been sort of a dress rehearsal and we're just getting started. So any of you start, so if any of you start resting on your laurels, I mean, just forget it because we are just getting started, end of quote. True to form, when Walt Disney World opened in 1971, things did change. Added were new shows and attractions like the Hall of Presidents, the Mickey Mouse Review, the Country Bear Jamboree, plus a park of greater size and proportion and detail and a resort community to complement it. Um, even the Tiki Room, though the show remained essentially the same, there was an altered pre-show to it. There was an altered shape to the size. If you go to the Disneyland version, you know that it's in the shape kind of of a cross, the, the, the room in which you watch the show. In Orlando, they wanted more room for guests, so they kind of created more of an octagonal form, and, uh, and then they added major show scenes. When you get to the rain scene in Disneyland, it's just kind of... Um, little plastic strips on the other side of a, of a vague bamboo curtain. Here they've got some, I mean, it looks kind of simple nearly 50 years later, but they've got a volcano and, a, and the South Seas and island plants, and it literally does rain when, when the storm comes. So, you know, they did actually do some changes, but again, the, the, the main show um, has always been pretty much similar to the one in Anaheim. So, Imagineers were excited to try something different in 1997 while cherishing all that was good with the original. In came the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management. Did you see it? I've got a link on the show notes page. You've got to see this if you've never seen it. It is most bizarre, most unusual. And with that change in management has come years of controversy as to how successful that change to the show has been. Now, this podcast is not a retread of those arguments. I, I personally find the version of the show to be awkward in its closing number. And I remember very well that people were walking out um, during the Offenbach number in the original show, which explains why the number is no longer in the Anaheim show out in California. Both shows, in truth, have their good points and their bad points. But rather than go down that route, I'm proposing that the next time uh, you have a chance to see this show on YouTube, look at it in terms of managing change. Now again, I have the show on our show notes page as, um, as a link. 
for this under new management show offers actually some excellent points of how change occurs within organizations, how we deal with that change, as well as how we get through it. Change can be defined as a process of going from one former situation to another. Those in organizations seeking to become more successful know that some change is inevitable if they are to keep up with the ongoing needs and demands of those they served. As mentioned earlier, even Walt knew that. However, we also know, especially if you've been in the workforce anytime, oftentimes change, not so good. Oftentimes the change comes, doesn't make sense. Often the change that comes doesn't work out. Often we end up going back to where we were before because the change didn't make sense. And oh, by the way, uh, the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management parallels that idea. By the way, at about the same time Walt was celebrating the 10th anniversary of Disneyland, a man named Bruce Tuckman developed a classic model of change management. It was in 1965, and it helps people understand the cycle of undergoing change. His model suggested four different stages. First, forming, learning about the changes along with its opportunities and challenges. Storming, where conflict occurs as a result of the changes being imposed. Norming, where teams find ways to adjust to the changes being made. And performing, where teams come together to achieve at a greater level. So let's walk through. So you have forming, storming, norming, and performing. I'll come to one more a little later on, but let's walk through the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management and see how those four forms appear. And if you don't recall the show, or if you haven't seen it, again, you have to look at the YouTube page. But with that refresher in mind, let's take a look at how these phases play out in the show. First, forming. This actually begins even prior to the show. The birds in the pre-show are William and Morris, a, a nod to the, uh, to the uh, acting agency. Anyway, William and Morris, who are Iago and Zazu's agents. By the way, Iago and Zazu, you remember Iago is um, the nemesis from Aladdin. Zazu was the assistant secretariat bird or whatever to Mufasa. They are part of the show. And in this case, William and Morris, who are Iago and Zazu's agents, give insight to the changes being made and the politics of change. Inside, the birds and the cast of Tiki Room begin to go through their normal routine. They start singing in the Tiki 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 Room when all of a sudden they are interrupted by the arrival of their new owners. This is the moment when they realize that change is going to occur. Um, in fact, uh, one of the birds says, but this has been the same show since 1963. Uh, and, and Iago goes, Oh my, how time flies. Get a life, you guys. <laughs> you know? and, and he responds in a very um, abrupt way um, to how the show has always been and, and, and emphasizes that there is going to be a change to occur. It's here they learn of the new structure for how the team will move forward under the owners of Zazu and Iago. By the way, Bruceman in his model notes that in this phase, supervisors like Iago 
become very directive as they set down the change that's occurring um, to how the work is going to proceed at going to this point. Again, this thing models Bruceman's um, uh, model itself. From there, we go from forming to storming. And in this phase, this is usually the more chaotic moment of change when people are experiencing chaos and are trying to figure out how to get through change. In the show, this is easy to identify because a storm literally unfolds before us. The lightning strikes, the broom goes dark, and the goddess Oa, uh, perhaps the ultimate union representative, arrives to remind management that the forces of nature cannot be fooled with. Um, she strikes Iago as a reminder not to make trivial those things that have been working well for the enchanted tiki room. From storming, we go to norming. Here the team, the, all the birds and flowers and everybody, begin to adjust the show to make it work in a more natural, fluid manner. They go to the song in the still of the night, which suggests their efforts to heal and come together as a whole. They then move to a rap version of their original song to suggest the transition they are seeking to make to become more relevant. Iago appears at this point um, in a cast, no less, and recognizes this and sees the advantage to building on the strengths that the cast already had brought to the show. Finally, we get to the performing phase. With the cast in sync as to how they should move forward, they invite everyone to get on their feet, Gloria Stefan, and celebrate. Representing how the entire cast is in sync is the appearance of the Birdmobile with all the girls in union. Um, everyone joins in on this high-end uh, concluding number that celebrates all that is enchanted in the Tiki Room. So those are the four stages. It goes through forming, storming, norming, and performing. Now, Tuckman would later add a fifth stage, and this is called a journey. This too is actually seen as the guests are invited in a magical trick to face the door and disappear, which is the same as the original show. Iago sees this, thinks, ah, this is brilliant. And, uh, and he makes his adjournment as well. Um, if you didn't stay behind to see this in the show, this is one of the greatest parts of this show for all that it lacked. Um, and by the way, the animatronics of Iago and Sasu were actually quite impressive. It's just that, you know, and and the goddess Aoa was amazing. It's just that, again, you want to be careful about messing around with the Enchanted Tiki Room. At any rate, Iago says, ah, I think I'm going to head over to the Hall of Presidents and take a nap. So that becomes the adjournment phase. Well, more phases of change, of change have come to the Enchanted Tiki Room for good or bad. Sometimes we direct the change and sometimes change is directed at us. And so they created a new version of the Enchanted Tiki Room. Well, what happened is a change happened in 2011 when the goddess Aoa made a fire breakout. Well, we don't know that it was the goddess Aoa, but it sounded really good at the time. At any rate, a fire did break out in the Tiki Room and they just came to a conclusion maybe it was a sign from the goddess Aoa that they needed to change back to the original show, which they did, but in an edited version. The disappointing part about this edited version, again, sometimes change just isn't good. 
I guess they had, if you recall, in the Enchanted Tea Room, if you've never seen it at Disneyland or if you haven't seen it in the early years at Walt Disney World, there's a magic fountain that comes up and that is, was so brilliant. How did that fountain come out so perfectly as it came up? I had no idea it was a plastic cylinder. Sorry if I'm ruining the magic for you. But that was so cool. Looking at that as a kid, I just it made me wonder, how did they do that? How did they do that? Well, I guess they had capped the water or something had gone on, but they didn't return the water to it. All they have now is kind of smoke that goes up and it's kind of a yawn. Um, and that is disappointing. But still, it's the Enchanted Tiki Room, and who doesn't love the Enchanted Tiki Room? And by the way, you can mobile order while you watch the show and see and get a Dole Whip afterwards. Um, in 1990, and this isn't the only place where we've seen changes to the Enchanted Tiki Room. Go over to Tokyo Disneyland. Yeah, they've had an Enchanted Tiki Room since they opened in 83. And in 99, they created the Enchanted Tiki Room, now playing Get the Fever, um, fever, yeah, get the fever. Anyway, this was replaced in 2008 with Stitch presents Aloha Ekomomai. And this show, you have to see it to believe it. That's all I can say. Again, we have a link, we have a video from our YouTube page showing this show, and it's it's just different again. But this is the reality of change. Sometimes the change we create yields a really good result. And we're gonna talk about a couple of those in a minute. Sometimes change comes along and you're scratching your head and saying, why did we change? And that's one of the lessons to be learned about change is making sure that the changes you make make sense and are worth making. Because too often we make changes that really are not justified and really do not improve what we want. And yeah, the Tiki Room has kind of played that out a couple of times. On more positive note of changes or things that have happened, and, and I love these changes because you think about change to the Tiki Room and everybody thought, well, let's change the show. But change can come in other manners. And some of those manners has involved really expanding the Enchanted Tiki Room to other concepts. For instance, in 2016 and 17, Marvel released an Enchanted Tiki Room comic book series. Now go figure it, who'd ever thought of that? But again, it was just another way of taking the brand to another place. In 2018, the former Aladdin's Oasis, which was next to Disneyland's original Enchanted Tiki Room, uh, became the home to the tropical uh, hideaway. This casual eatery, which offers great bao buns, by the way, um, kind of combines the Tiki Room and Jungle Cruise aesthetics. But here's the great part. There's a cockatoo that appears in this outdoor eatery, and her name is Rosita. And if you remember the original show, they started naming Gigi, Fifi, Mimi. Well, where's Rosita? Well, here's Rosita. She's actually appeared. She's come back from traveling. And she is actually the hostess of the Tropical Hideaway. Again, it extends the show experience to another element, adds food and beverage per caps to the bottom line of the company and becomes a great place to absorb guests and, uh, and give another option and opportunity. It is a fantastic little addition. Lots of cool details. Uh, set in there. Just very cool. 
any rate, it, it's just good to know that you can you can add and and build, and that can be part of change. You don't have to change what is, but add to it, and that can be the change. Anyway, if there's one thing for certain, the Enchanted Tiki Room will always be in a state of becoming, whether it's improving the show with LED lighting, creating new merchandise to sell, or even adding different versions. This is a fan favorite that has lasted for decades, and with the right kinds of changes, it will keep being so. The trick is to make the right changes at the right time in the right way. By the way, it's helpful to understand the process people go through when they adjust from one change to another. While Iago wanted to manage change and coerce change, Zazu sought to work with others in leading change. As leaders, we need to understand the dynamics and phases of change, Storm and Norman Foreman and so forth, and support each other, not manipulate or push people through that process. Forcing change on others in directive, controlling, manipulative, Iago style uh, only puts egg on your own face. Sorry for the pun there. Embracing change, but doing so in an environment of creativity and engagement and support only serves to create more magic to the change. Now, with every Disney at Work podcast, we offer souvenirs, free souvenirs from the Enchanted Tiki Room that you can take back to your own life and organization. Consider the following issues as they relate to building change. Is change good to our organization? If so, why? If not, why not? What changes do we need to make in order for us to become successful? What is the current form we're in and what is the form we are trying to become? What does change look like when we undergo forming, storming, norming, and performing? What chaos, however minimal, may we experience in getting to where we need to be organizationally? And finally, are we leading change or are we just managing change? You can't manage people, you can only lead them. You manage things, you lead people. Well, that is it for our Disney at Work podcast today. We are so glad that you could join us for this podcast. I hope that you will subscribe. Make sure that you receive future podcasts. And by the way, also subscribe to Disney at Work because we offer so many um, great concepts and ideas around uh, around how to improve your organization from a customer service point of view, a leadership point of view, um, from engaging your employees, creativity and innovation. Just recently, by the way, we had, and this was um, 137, podcast 137, Disney Plus, Mulan and Embracing Change. It builds on this whole change theme. It talks about how Disney decided rather than to wait until entities like Netflix you know, overtook them, they decided to move forward with things like Disney Plus. 
At the same time, they've had to respond to change, such as the pandemic and how do you get Mulan into the theaters or into the homes or how do you make, how do you, uh, you know, make that work for the bottom line. So that's another one. 137 is a great uh, podcast. 138 was Michael Eisner's best and worst decision. By the way, this has been one of the most popular podcasts we've had. The Advent and Departure of Judson Green, a great Disney leader who was all over all of Disney parks worldwide, who made Hong Kong Disney happen, made Disney's Animal Kingdom happen. He passed away this last month and uh, there is some great stories in here and some great messages. Plus we have a series on Shanghai Disney with retail magic, so many things. Please check out our podcast page. Also, make sure when you click on our YouTube videos, hey, subscribe to our YouTube channel because we are going to have more and more videos as the days, um, weeks uh, come about. So please join us. Thanks for being with us. As we have always said in uh, Podcast 37, The Voyage of Sinbad, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon. Bye.